Welcome to Missionary Roundtable with your host, Kale Horvath. Hey guys, welcome back to season three of Missionary Roundtable. I'm super excited for another season of this podcast. This is the podcast all about the Great Commission and international missions. My name is Kale. I'm a pastor and a missionary to the country of Hungary and your host for this podcast as well. If you've just stumbled onto this podcast, this is the first episode of season three. We've got two whole seasons. You can go back and check out on any uh, podcast player that you may use, or even by searching us on YouTube. So go ahead and check that out. Um, I'm really excited for this season of pod of the podcast. I uh, didn't know how long I would continue to do this. It started as a COVID project in 2020 when my family was stuck uh, on deputation and everything was shut down. And so I did this as a project and it's turned into something I really enjoy sitting down with other missionaries and giving them a space to share their story. Um, but not only that, but also talking strategy and practicality and all the, the different, um, behind the scenes things that pastors and missionaries talk about in regards to ministry, the Great Commission, international missions, and what have you. And so I, I love to try and give a fly on the wall, uh, behind the scenes, peek behind the curtain view of this kind of stuff. It's something that helped me out tremendously when I was young and preparing for ministry, being able to uh, sit in on conversations uh, with my pastors and their friends in ministry. And, uh, and I hope that this can be a blessing to you as well. It doesn't matter if you're a young man or woman who is uh, training, being discipled in Bible college, or if you're another missionary looking for uh, advice or other perspectives or friends and fellowship, maybe you're a pastor looking um, just for something to listen while he mows the grass or, or to hear about new ministries and new missionaries, uh, maybe even more people to invite to your church or to support. Um, or maybe you're just a faithful church member who enjoys praying for missionaries, giving to missions and going to missions conferences. Um, I think this podcast in this season, especially will be great for you, uh, to hear, um, about the private lives, not even the private lives, just what goes behind the scenes that you don't get to hear about on a daily basis so that you can be better informed and even be able to pray and support your missionaries better. I'm excited for this episode today. We are welcoming back Arion Vogli uh, to the podcast. He was in an episode in season two, sharing his story and his testimony and also a little bit about how they were going to begin uh, a large endeavor to, to translate the Bible into the Albanian language. And he tells a little bit about that in last season. And in this episode, he's going to give an update um, on where they're at and how that progress has been. And uh, very excited for you guys to hear this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Arion, thanks so much for, for joining me again. I'm super excited for this podcast, because a year ago when we chatted, uh, this time last year, um, you were still in Albania and your family was still in Albania and you guys were getting ready to embark on this journey of translating the Bible into Albanian. And, and now we're going to get an update and I'm super excited for that. So thanks for taking the time, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited too. Yeah, of course. And so now um, so, so we talk, if anyone's listening and you didn't hear Arion's first episode, you can go back and listen to that. He shares most of the episode is about his testimony, um, being raised in communist Albania and then coming to Christ. And then we talk a little bit at the end about, uh, his new project that he was going to be starting. Um, but in season two, uh, we, we alluded to that and you were getting ready to move to the States. When did you move in the summer of last year or in the fall? In the summer, yes. Okay, so it's it's been a year, and yeah, close to. when did you get started on the the translation work in the fall? So, uh, yeah, September was our, our start date. Yeah. Okay, so you're one school year, nine nine ten months into this process. Yes, 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 exactly. So I I can't. I, I'm going to be a better interviewer than saying so 
So how's that going, man? So we're, we're going to dive into the details, but just on a macro level, um, if we zoom out, well, let, let's start at the beginning. How was the transition for your family? You and your wife both are American citizens, dual citizens, America and Albania. That's correct, right? Yes, yes, that's correct. And yeah. you both lived in the States for a long period of time and then were yep. living in Albania for several years again. And so right. moving back to the States, a, tra a transition that you have done before, but how was that for you and your uh, growing growing family? Your family is growing up, I should say. I don't want people to think that you're pregnant, but <laughs> <laughs> your, your family well, that yeah. is now becoming teenagers. <laughs> Right, but no, you, you're right. You, the, there is a big difference because the the first time we moved to the states, uh, we were uh, early. I was in my early twenties. My wife was eighteen. We just oh, wow. moved to go to college, so that that was a a, a totally different uh, uh, aspect than than going back now with with kids and all of that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, two two completely different things. Listen, any any time you leave your home, your home church people that you spend years with and investing and serving with them, uh, it's difficult. It's, mm. It is never easy. Your, your heart is still there. You know, the people that you love are, are, are there. So for sure, it's, 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 it's hard. It's, it's not easy. Uh, now, this coupled with the fact that uh, now, you know, we got, we got kids, of course, and uh, our, our little one didn't remember anything about uh, America when we when he lived here. He was oh, wow. four years old when we moved back. So he didn't remember much uh, at all about it. it. Really, so it was it was that yeah. long? Wow, because yeah, I, I so remember he, when you guys packed up a shipping container and moved back to Albania. Wow, he was only yep. four. Judah, only Judah four, turns so. four. He's four he's turning four next week. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, so he he won't, he won't remember much about the states. No, right? I mean the, he remembers grandma and grandpa, but like yeah, yeah I mean he's he's yeah. more Hungarian at this point than he is American. I mean he's lived here almost exactly. as long as he did in America. Exactly. Wow. So so that that thing is whole new thing. Mm. Uh, so so for kids it was it was a little tougher, and I think that's that's one part of uh, uh, people that live in, in missions and do missions that. Uh, you have to consider the kids. Mm. It's not. It's not just the parents, right. you know. Um, and so, especially when they are at at this age. So our daughter is fifteen, and our, our son is eleven. Mm. So especially when they are at this age, um, it's it's more difficult. The transition is more more difficult sure. uh, for that. Uh, however, however, you know, we are at Oakland Heights Baptist Church, which, which is been, an awesome church. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Awesome church. Yeah. I mean, they have shout totally out to Oakland Heights Baptist family. Church. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Big, big one. They have totally embraced our family and, and our kids are, mm -hmm. are plugged in and they, you know, they have, they have friends there. And so awesome. that that has made the transition uh, a lot, a lot smoother. But, you know, um, we're here for a purpose and we're here for a mission. So, you know, yeah, so some things were, were hard, especially in the beginning. Uh, a lot of things had, had changed. I don't know what has happened to to the markets and prices in general, but <laughs> something big has happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something's changed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, we were faced with, with uh, all of that coming back. But, but you know, overall, we're... Uh, we're eager to get into the work and, and all of that. So that's that's what keeps us going. Yeah, for sure. Well, man, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're doing well. I, by the time this airs, uh, you'll be back in Albania visiting family and friends for the summer. Um, but right now, at this point in time, at the recording of this year, you're not. So we're on opposite ends of the world. Yes. Um, but, yep. uh, yeah, I'm just excited that, that your family's doing well and adjusting well. Um and I'm excited to talk about this subject and get really do an update because I know that you have people in churches supporting you and the Albanian churches um, who are, you know, waiting uh, for this work. And so I, I really yes. do want it to be an update on the progress of the work of translating uh, the the English Bible. And I don't I don't want to make it that small because you're using other sources as well, but, but making a new sure. translation in Albanian. Um, I'm also really excited to talk about it because at this point I can finally read the Bible in another language, albeit at an intermediate basic level, but I feel like I can 
it, a year ago, I had no way to relate to this, but now I finally learning another language, you can start to understand how I can fully understand how things cannot be translated word for word. Um, yes. almost ever. So, sometimes they can, but other times grammatical structures, they just don't exist. Um, Correct. in one word or in Hungarian, one word could literally be a full sentence in, in English. Um, and some words are as long as a sentence in Hungarian. They're, they're, our words get really long here. Um, so I'm, I'm really yeah. excited to talk to you from <laughs> not like I have the knowledge that you do, but like finally being able to understand a little bit. Um, so, so let's, let's start at the beginning a little bit and just talk. I know you've done this before, so you can keep it brief, but what was, can you explain the need for this translation in Albanian? Sure. Absolutely. So, um, the, the history of Bibles in, in Albania begins in 1800s, uh, in 1825, around, around that time, the gospel of Matthew was translated uh, into Albanian. And in the late 1800s, there was a, a, a man that was a key figure in the uh, Albanian culture. He was, uh, was very good with languages. He knew 12 or 13 different languages, had, had worked in different countries. He went to, to study in Greece, so he, he knew Greek very well. And he uh, got saved through the uh, influence a contact of uh, the London Bible Society. And so because he was very good with languages, he was one of the few saved people they knew of, of uh, Albanian nationality. Uh, they hired him to do a translation of the Bible in Albanian. So he did the, the, old, the New Testament uh, from the Textus Receptus, from what we can see. Uh, and was not able to finish the Old Testament. He did only five books from the Old Testament, which, which we have, but was not able to complete the, the, whole, uh, the whole Bible. So Albania did not have a whole Bible until the fall of, of communism in 1994. And I wow. got saved in 1992, and we just didn't have a, a full Bible in, in Albania. In the 90s? Imagine. It's crazy to think about that in, in the modern yes. era. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. So, so in 1994, uh, the first full New Testament and Old Testament Albanian version came out, which was translated from the Italian uh, Nuova Diodati. This will be like a New King James in, in English. Um, and, of course, you know, it was translated under very uh, time pressure constraints, mm -hmm. being that here we have some Albanian, new Albanian believers after, right after the fall of communism. Something needed to be done right away. So, you know, they, they did a very good job given the time constraints and the resources that, that they had, had available. Yes, there were people that spoke English uh, in Albania that were good with English, but finding somebody that was very good, I mean, with the Italians, since they, they, they used other sources as well, but primarily was Italian. Mm -hmm. uh, they knew Italian very well but they also needed to be versed in, in the Bible and that mm. they just didn't exist. Mm. And so there, there's a lot of things that, that, you know, they put into the Bible with the understanding that, you know, we need to revise this uh, a few years for now, but right now we just got to put something out there. So at least the new believers will have something to, to read in their, in their own language. And so, uh, you know, Jeff, the, the missionary uh, under which ministry I got saved in, in 92, uh, he tried hard for, for many years, and I was uh, blessed enough to accompany him into these efforts, talking with the company that uh, it was one, one guy that was uh, primarily responsible for the translation, uh, you know, talking to him about uh, the, the need for the revision. So he would go and meet with him and have specific words, specific verses, and why oh, they're, wow. they're pro 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 problematic and how they could be... Uh, updated and all of that. And this, this took years. Uh, and he was always kind, you know, to receive that. And yes, this, you know, absolutely, I see the need for that, but it never materialized. And so mm -hmm. a new uh, update that was done later on uh, did not take into account input from us, from our church, but as well from other, there were other churches saying sort of the same, the mm -hmm. same thing. So it did not take into account any of our suggestions 
Uh, to the contrary, uh, the update messed up a lot of things. And oh, what we're discovering, messed up other things that they did have right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so we're discovering now as we're looking at uh, individual verses and, and words uh, more attentively, uh, you know, we're within our, in our work, we also have the Diodati and the Valera uh, as source texts that, that we Mm-hmm. Uh, look at because they're they're translated from from the TR and this they're sort of the same time. Diodati is a 1602 okay. and Valera 1607. So they're right there with the King James. They probably had the same source text available to them. So we refer to them and you know we notice that no, you did not translate this from the Diodati because mm-hmm. we are looking at the Diodati. It doesn't have that word. <laughs> wow. So then we. So then we look at, at that, where did they get this from? So then we see that now they used other manuscripts mm-hmm. to, to get that from. So the updates really uh, mingled the manuscripts. If the first uh. one lacked because of knowledge of doctrine and knowledge and even differences between uh, uh, Nova Diodati and the KJV, the second, the update uh, lacked a lot of things because of the changes that were made in the source text or where they got it from. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our, our church in Albania has, has been had been praying for this for years for, for God to do something and use somebody to, to do this work. And so about a year and a half, two years ago now, uh, a new translation came out, which is from the wrong line of manuscripts and uh-huh. it has a lot of uh, problems, but it was, it was heralded as, you know, the best thing uh, in new translation uh, in Albanian and all the churches need to go to it. Mm. And it, it, it has a lot of problems. It, mm. it has removed the word spirit. There's no spirit oh, in wow. that translation. And so if you don't have a spirit, you don't need to get yeah. saved. Because why would you get saved? Yeah, you're a dichotomy, <laughs> you're... not a trichotomy. <laughs> exactly. That's that's so, an interesting so... thing. I've seen that in, uh, in Hungarian too, where um, often people don't even believe in the difference between spirit and soul because the, the newer versions might always use the same word. And even, uh, I, I should say this because I'm an intermediate speaker and not an advanced speaker by any means, but even just uh, culturally, or, um, or that's not the right word, um, colloquially, um, yeah. will use the word uh, for, for spirit, uh, which is lelak. And uh, so... Well, that's actually the word for soul. Say I screwed it up already. That's actually the word for soul, but they'll use it interchangeably. Um, yeah. Which it can be used interchangeably, but when we're talking about doctrine, that's exactly. it's not interchangeable anymore. <laughs> we got to exactly. we got to know what the Holy Spirit is. We got to know what uh, God the Father is and what the Son is, and we got to know the difference between yes. the man's spirit and man's soul. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And, and we had the same argument in Albania in the early 90s. Hmm. And the reason for that is because of those historical background during communism, they got rid of not only all things religious, but even vocabulary and words that had to do with wow. religion. That's like reading 1984. Faith. It's like Orwellian. You, you start, you lose yes. the, the words from the, the, the language and you, how do you even define yes. those things anymore? Exactly, Be- because the dictionary will not define them for you in a mm. communist dictionary. So one of the first arguments that, that was among the churches in the early days was how to translate the word spirit and, and soul. Mm. Because we, we had the same thing where we were conflating the two. And uh, there is, wasn't is your word for spirit more like ghost? Uh, yeah, it, well, it, it is spirit. Okay, because so, here it's like the word, well, I'll say this when I've told... Um, people that we've led to the Lord with zero church background. And I'm explaining mm-hmm. to them the differences because in the old Hungarian, they, it does use the, the differences. And they're like, well, that word is more like ghost. And that's a weird thing. And I'm like, well, well, yeah, yeah but that's the word. Like, it doesn't matter if it's weird to you or not that right, <laughs> that's right. the word. <laughs> right. Mm. So we had, we had to be, to be taught from the beginning What's the difference between a soul and a spirit? You know, sure. we are a tri- trinity, body, soul, and spirit. So, uh, what what are, what what is one and what is the other? And what happens? What happened to the spirit when Adam died? And why do we need to be born again? What what yeah, is that? Amen. What is that about? You know, so that so you know we had to do that early on. But now you know the landscape is still in 2022. We still don't have an accurate translation. Of, a, of the Bible in Albania. That's that's where we are. How many 
exist in Albanian right now. Full Bible translations. Oh, there there are a few, probably four or five. Okay. So the Catholics the Catholics have their own Bible, uh, of course, and mm-hmm. and the new Bible translates from the same uh, uh, source manuscripts. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new one, uh, I think, is is uh, in the works, which is, translates from the same source mm-hmm. manuscripts. Uh, so th- that's 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 the the the, mm-hmm. the point, is that once you start with the wrong text. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter how good you are at translating. Mm-hmm. You have the it doesn't wrong matter source how material. But you are at, at, at grammar. You have the wrong source. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what, yeah, what are your sources? You've mentioned a few, but uh, what, what is your main sources for the translation? So the, the, the KJV is where we're translating from. We mm-hmm. also have the old Albanian from the 1800s because mm-hmm. it's a very good translation of the New Testament. Uh we just don't use a lot of the, the same words. Mm-hmm. And some words just honestly didn't exist in, mm-hmm. in that time. And so he, you know, he kind of invented some words that have, are not in, in use uh, anymore. But we, we use that to, to, to compare. Uh, of course, we use uh, the Diodati mm-hmm. and the Valera uh, because they are, T, they are TR mm-hmm. translations. They are at the same time as, as the King James around mm-hmm. about. And so sometimes it helps us uh, to see how something was rendered in in a different language, and are and they are Latin-based languages, mm-hmm. so a lot of uh, Albanian words uh, may be similar, and and uh, so we use those for for reference as well, and of course we we use the the, the Greek and the Hebrew. We we still go to them mm-hmm. uh, for for reference. We're comparing things, and uh, so. Yeah, our, our, our work is exhaustive in that in that uh, case. So, of course, you don't only have one source because um, that just wouldn't be wise. Um, you, you're, you're using a lot of sources, but they're all TR works. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. That's exactly. Okay. But, but, but the, the main source is the KJV. But the we main source is the English King James Bible. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Where there are differences, and there are differences... Uh, it's it's a uh, moment for us to be cautious oh, and, and spend some more time and say, okay, why is it different? Why mm-hmm. has it been rendered this way? And spend some time and, and dig into it. But our pre- primary source is the, the King James. So before we get, because the two, I have two main questions for you that will probably be the, the rest of the bulk of this podcast. Really, exp- what's the process like? How are you guys translating? And then where are you, are, where are you at now? But before we do that, can we just touch for a second? You've been translating the word of God for the last nine or 10 months. What was that like at the beginning, man, when you sat? I know you guys were probably preparing and praying for it beforehand, but when you sat down that first day and you're like, okay, this is our job now, what what was that like, man? Was there a few sleepless nights or, or was it uh, just perfect peace? Uh, well, it was... It was uh... Very, we we approached this with fear and trembling, from <laughs> from imagine. the very, from the very start of the idea that you know we could take something like this on because we had been praying for this for for many years for over mm-hmm. twenty years for this to be done in in uh, in Albanian. We just never thought that we would be mm-hmm. taking this this on. So wh- whenever you know, about two years ago when we were we were discussing the possibility of we taking this project on. Yes, it was it was fear and, and, and trembling. It was very exciting when we actually sat down to to do the work. Uh, but but every day we, we approach it that, that way. These the, every single word is important. Mm-hmm. Every single one must be dealt with very carefully. Amen. And so that's 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 with fear and trembling. Uh, it's it's not an easy it's not an easy thing. It's not uh, uh, something that, that that you approach carelessly. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, it was. It, but it was at the same time, it was very exciting that uh, uh, you know, finally, uh, Albanians will have something that's accurate in their own language. And so we we were joking in the beginning sometimes to uh, encourage one another, my wife and I, mm-hmm. and she would say, you know, we were we are not going to do a worse job. That, that has already been done. So don't worry about it. 
<laughs> it can only go up from here. <laughs> exactly, it can only go up from here. But our our uh, our objective is not to just to do a better translation. Sure. We want to be held to the standard of providing an accurate translation mm -hmm. for every single every single word. And so that's that's not an, an easy task. No, no. And like you said, not something to be taken lightly. But I, I will say, man, I just I mean, for anyone out here who's listening to this, that it just geeks out about this kind of stuff. It's really cool to hear about. But man, I just I have so much respect for you guys for taking on something like this. I, I couldn't imagine the the weight, not necessarily the burden, but just the weight of the importance. Um, yeah on this task. But, but that is also cool though. Like you said, it's something that you didn't just get recruited by some job agency to take on this task. This is something you and your church and family has been praying for, for two decades. And, and now it's coming to fruition and God just happens to be using you as the tools to do it. I mean, that's, that's just really, really cool. And I, and I have a lot of respect for you guys. Well, well, praise the Lord. You know, like you said, we have been praying for it for, for many years. And if we sat, uh, kept sitting around and saying, who's going to do something about it, <laughs> we will still be in the same position today. And so I, I think God had been preparing us for, for this work all along without us near, really realizing that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now we see it. Man, that is, that is so cool. All right, so let's dive in a little bit. And this might be the more geeky, nerdy part, but I, I, I'm fascinated. I, I've heard a little bit uh, on the front end what when you were telling us um, at submissions conferences, you were sharing the vision about this is what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, um, yeah. the actual process for translating. Because you didn't just start at Genesis 1-1 in the beginning and, and then just yes. start translating, right? What, what was the process? How did you begin? Okay. So we did some research on, uh, you know, how do people do Bible translations? <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> it's been no, done no, before. Yeah. <laughs> right. No experience in that directly. So, uh, you know, we researched how other people have done that. And almost every example we saw is that people usually start with a certain book of the Bible. And, you know, usually New Testament, they'll translate a book or the whole New Testament and then put that out and get feedback from people and, and all of that. Uh, you know, we, we uh, started just doing a couple of test runs with the Psalms, you know, trying to uh, approach it that, that way. And we realized very quickly or early on that that would not be the best approach for the mindset that we have about what the Bible is and how God communicates to us. And this is, this is a, the foundation of everything. This is very, very important because this is going to differ from the way people do things. And it all stems from what they believe about the scriptures. Now, what we believe about the scriptures is that God's holy preserved word in the English language, in, in the KJV, is exactly that, is, is his inspired and preserved word, which means every single word is the exact word that he wants in there. Mm -hmm. It's not just a synonym, just because it may be uh, exactly that, like another word. It is the very exact word, the way God intends it to be. And because we believe that God uses individual words to convey doctrinal meaning and teachings throughout the scriptures from Genesis to, to Revelation, then we thought that it was more important and more beneficial to start the translation by translating the individual words first and not start translating the text for two mm -hmm. reasons. First reason, if you start translating the text right away, you will not be able to keep the consistency of the words as they have been used from the beginning to the end, mm. because you will run the same across the same word over and over again. And you would still, if you're doing your due diligence, you would still need to go and look up that word everywhere else anyway. So if you're yeah, going right. to approach it if you're going to approach it that way and you're going to look up that word as many times as it appears. Like, well, oh, how did I use that two years ago or whatever? Yes, <laughs> in this book of the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. So why not do that work from the beginning? Mm -hmm. Why not be intentional to look at every single, every unique word in the, the text and then look up where that word appears, everywhere it appears, mm -hmm. determine the context of where that, how, how that word is used, how God defines that word, and then 
after you're done with that process of doing the words first, then you can quickly move through the text because you, you just plug will them not in. Yes, exactly. You will not stop to think, how will I be translating this work? You've already done that work up front. So it takes more time to do that work up front, of course, because mm -hmm. you are you are studying every word of the Bible everywhere mm. it appears. <laughs> now you're 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 a preacher, so you know how much time it takes you to prepare for a sermon. You're sure, looking up every passage. word <laughs> everywhere it appears in, mm. in the Bible. So we're we're doing that for every word. Because so you're basically writing a concordance before exactly. you're making the concordance before you make the Bible. Yes, wow. yes, exactly. So alongside with each word, then we have, of course, the translation. We have uh, alternate spellings. Sometimes mm. words are spelled differently. Elijah, Elias, mm. the Greek version, but it's the same person, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're searching for Elijah, it'll bring you... Uh, we, we know where we're going with this, right? Mm -hmm. And this <laughs> so, is how you don't lose those key cross-references that the new exactly. versions lose. Maybe the newer yes. version is a decent translation, but you lose all the depth of the cross-references. Exactly. Oh, exactly. That's exactly. awesome. And so since God is purposeful in how he uses unique words, mm -hmm. then we need to be purposeful as well. So our approach was, we're going to start with the words. Mm -hmm. So there's 7,789,000 uh, plus words in the King JV. Different words. The, the whole word. Or, or total, words. total words, 789,000. Okay. Yes, plus. Uh, out of those, there's 12,530 unique words. Okay. So that, like the word the, and is used a bajillion times. Yes, in, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, if you count, it counts only once mm -hmm. against the 12,530 30 words. Okay. So that's, that's, that's our list of, of words. So we have them separated by letters of the alphabet. And then when you go to a certain letter, it lists you all, all the words. You click on a specific word. Then that's where you work on the word. Mm -hmm. You're going to look up every, everywhere it appears. So uh, right there, you can build the concordance. You look up all the phrases that convey doctrinal meaning that this word can be a part of. Suppose you're, you're translating the word son. Well, they're a son of man. They're a son of God, a son of perdition. Those are, are, are phrases where the word son appears, S-O-N, where... Uh, it conveys doctrinal meaning. Mm -hmm. So we put them on a different list, the list of, of phrases, because oh, wow. what we're going to do at the end is when you search for sun, we're going to show you not only the references of where that word appears, but we're also going to show you all the, the phrases where this word appears that carry doctrinal meaning. So if you're interested in, in you know, studying the Bible uh, in depth, you have a list of tools available to you mm. that'll that'll help you with this. So you're creating so the work, study resources simultaneously. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. And the uh, and the other thing is we're putting them in categories. So mm. we have about thirty different categories now. From you know, uh, is it a, a mountain? Is it a celestial body? Is it a false deity? An animal? Is it a, a type? Some words are a type. You mm -hmm. know, they they convey doctrinal meaning. And so because. Again, we want you to be able to say, I want to see all the verses in the Bible that have an animal in them that's a type, and it's a type of the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. And boom, it'll get you all wow. the verses that's in cool. the Bible, and it'll, and it'll show you what the specific animal is, mm -hmm. whatever, all, all the, you know, the lion is a type of the devil, you know, the serpent. And, and you're and also creating... So, so, Obviously, you said that your foundation was creating the, the concordance, basically, of, of all the yes. words. But you're also working or will be working on a digital Bible study resource for this translation, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so the, the final medium with, that we will be put out will be, a force, of course, in print, mm -hmm. uh, hope, hopefully uh, an audio version for oh, people wow. that don't, can't read. Uh, but also the, the website with, with all of these tools that I'm describing, cool. and also app apps for Android and, and iOS. So yes, the 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 work that we're doing now is 
is the basis that fuels all of that. It's the, the database where all of this is saved into and will be presented in different mediums. Yeah. But uh, yeah, all, all of the work. I think it's cool that you had, because you, you talked about that from the beginning last year when you were sharing at missions conferences. I think it's cool that you had like a, a large vision. It wasn't just, yeah, we're going to translate the Bible. And then once we get it done, we'll, you know, we'll see, we're just worried about translating. You're like, no, 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 we're going to do it this way. And because we need electronic resources, we need ways to study it. And so I think it's cool that you were focused on the big picture from the beginning and not just say, okay, we, we got the, the manuscript done. Now, what do we do? Because then it could be like, okay, we spent three to five years doing this. Now, man, we need three to five more years to figure out <laughs> how to get it in people's hands and how they can use it properly. Um, so you guys right. really had a plan set forth from the beginning. That, yes, be, be, because that, that's why it's very, as I said, it's very important how you approach it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been preaching for years and I'm building it like I study myself when I preach. Yeah. So yeah. we're build, building all the tools, the same tools I use mm -hmm. when I study. We just want to make them available to to others. So, of course, that's that's why I said that God had preparing us for this work. Somebody that doesn't have that understanding of what it takes to put a sermon together and how mm -hmm. you study, they may not approach it that way. Yeah. Right. So, so yes, we are building it with that in mind. So, yeah, yeah. and then we also have the the the, diction, the dictionary. So, for each word, we also uh, have Define a dictionary it. of defining that word. Wow. Yes, because. Uh, you know how it is, people will, will go, even in English, you know, they'll go to Webster's. What yeah, is this, yeah. this word? However, uh, you know this very well, that God may give a different definition from Webster's mm -hmm. in Amen. the way he uses a, a word. So just because you can look up a word in a dictionary does not mean that that's the definition that God gave that word. Right. And right. so alongside, since we're doing the words first anyway, mm -hmm. why not take some time and do this too to as, as well? Word. Yeah. We're, Yes, defining each each word biblically. So, biblically, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Giving you a biblical definition of what that word is, exactly. How kind of like how, how, how we we tend to go to Webster's eighteen fifty eight for a lot of uh, definitions. Uh, obviously, we define the word in the context of the Bible, but it's like if I just want a, a dictionary definition of this old KJV word, I'm going to Webster's eighteen twenty eight typically. Correct, and and we do too, right? We do too when when we're doing this. However. A big part of what we're doing is that we look up where this word is used everywhere, everywhere in the Bible, mm -hmm. and we see how God has defined that word. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you will come up with total different definition than what Webster's or Oxford's or any other sure. dictionaries have. Mm -hmm. So that's that's how we're we're approaching cool. it. Man, that's that's awesome. That's really cool to hear. So the big question is, um, at the beginning, what was your goal? for length of time it would take to complete this. And now, just about one year into it, uh, where do you stand and has that goal changed at all? So our goal was uh, three and a half years from the beginning to have the, the translation of the text, the website and the, and the apps with the dictionary and the concordance. Uh, right now we are at 38% of, of the words, almost 5,000 wow, words. Wow, wow. Uh, just shy a hundred, so shy of five thousand words, mm -hmm. which is about thirty-eight uh, percent of the words. Uh, and so I, I think we're we're on target with uh, cool. with our goal. Three and a half years and is so, a good number. I, you see that? In it, yeah, I, I've I've heard that before. That's right. <laughs> I think I heard that somewhere. Was that a was that a goal that was that just a shot in the dark or? I'm sure it wasn't yeah. knowing you, but what led no, you to no, think it, you could was, do it? And what it, it was, it was 42 it months. Was it's just like, yeah, that's a good number. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, here's the thing. Um, everybody's saying we need it now. Well, sure. <laughs> you know? So it's like, well, if we can do it quicker, we will. <laughs> so, so we, we settled the least amount of time this is going to take is three and a half years okay i know i know churches need it now we are aware <laughs> of that but we are not going to do a sloppy job yeah amen. we want we we want to do the best that, that, that we can mm -hmm. and so it was a shot in the dark in the sense that we had no no real way of tangible way of gauging that however you know so far so good I, I that's think cool we're, we're on track. so as far as progress there are 12,000 some odd unique words in the Bible. 
and you guys have almost 5,000 of those translated for your database with which once completed, you can then just take and start plugging in. And obviously there's going, it won't be a, a perfect template that you can just drag and drop and it's done, but that, but that will move pretty rapidly once you have all of those translated. Exactly. So the, the way it works is that uh, after all the words have been re- translated and resolved, then uh, we'll have a script that looks at every verse, uses the translated words in their in their place. Mm-hmm. So it'll look like a uh, like a Google Translate type mm-hmm. thing. So it, it'll be you will sort of make sense, but not grammatically, 100% grammatically correct. Sure, But sure. that's the, the starting Oh, kind of like point. a Young's literal translation or something. It's like, yeah, this is all the words, but it needs right. massaged. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. And so then then it's a matter of uh, formatting the, the grammar correctly, making mm-hmm. sure grammar and syntax are, are correct. But the words, you already know how they'll be translated. Mm-hmm. And they will be put in a screen in the screen in that format, so you're working with, there's the link between the words that appear and the words that we have translated and all the information mm-hmm. in the database for, for them so that, yes, you can move quicker through the, the text. Most most of the work is done up front to mm-hmm. translate the words. Not that there's no work, you know, once you do that, it's not plug and play, of course, that, mm-hmm. that's not how languages work. Right. Uh, however, however, you're not stopping to say, how are how are we going to handle this word? What do we do about this? You are already spending time ahead ahead of time to resolve every difficult word mm-hmm. in every difficult passage where where it appears. Yeah. So all the notes, all the comments that we have about that word, all the discussions among uh, us and and other contributors has already taken place. So when you look at a particular word, you have access to all of that history and data mm-hmm. and then you can move on quicker through the wow. through the, the text that's cool another cool thing is that so so you and your wife are the main uh people doing doing the the work here of the, the translation um there are other consultants uh that i want to get to in a second um yes because the consultants are not just people who speak Albanian or or even language experts per se. They're they're pastors and they're yes. servants in ministry. And yes, rarely do you see people who serve on the. Uh, I, I'll just say English. The New English Modern Translations. They're they're not people who preach on Sundays. They're not people who are discipling and studying mm. the Bible. They're, they're theologians and philosophers and whatever, you know, college professors and linguists. And so yeah. I, I think that's odd because man, when you go, when you go back in history and you go to the first six, seven, eight, you know, I don't want to say versions, but, uh, when the English Bible was being, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Arion? Uh, the first seven iterations, not iterations, but, um, Gosh, I don't speak English or Hungarian well right now. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, different editions. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, right. So you yeah. had the Coverdale, you had the Tyndale. Yes. Um, when it yes. was going through, those those men were servants of God who were working on getting the, the Bible into the hands of the common man's language, and they were men who used the Word of God. So I just think it's awesome yeah. that, like, this translation is being done by people who use it, and pastors and, and servants of God, and... And I think that's a really important thing because you guys aren't putting the authority on yourselves. It's we're, we're trusting the Holy Spirit that's in us and, and we're submitting to the Holy Spirit. And who are some of the people that are also consulting with you? I, I would imagine they're the other pastors back in Albania. Yes, I, I think you have met all of them. So, okay. so Sazan, Taulant, mm-hmm. Fatmir, Berti are the main uh, people were trans were uh, Albanian pastors Albania. consulting with yes. an Albanian pastor and his wife who are who are now yeah. yes. praise God yeah. man does Jeff get so to consult we, at all does does he throw so, his hat in so, the ring uh, Jeff and Brett are on this side of the ocean uh, for words that are are King James words mm-hmm. that are difficult maybe to it may be an archaic word maybe di- difficult to distinguish mm-hmm. so far not many not many of those not because we're proficient and, and you know well versed in English but but it just 
you study it and you get mm-hmm. you get the idea of what what it is. You know what what it is. So, but there are uh, over three hundred words in Albanian that that we have marked as needs input. So basically, one of the things we do on our on our word when we work on a specific word is that after we're done with our research and what what we think this should be translated, if we need input from from our our uh, pastors in Albania, mm-hmm. then we mark that word as needs input. Nice. So one of okay. the things we're, we're doing this summer is sitting down with them. We have over three hundred words that are are uh, that need input from them. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that we don't know how they'll be translated. What mm-hmm. it means is that we need their opinion mm-hmm. if this is the right way, because it, it, there can be different words used for, for the same word. True. And so that's where keeping in mind the, the doctrinal meaning of words and how God uses words mm-hmm. comes in as a crucial part of, of the process. So that's that's part mm-hmm. of our, our work, yeah. And that's happening right now because this is going to air in the summer. So that's re- that's really cool. Do you have any, I don't know, any cool, I, I don't want to say missionary stories, because this is a, a bit different work, but any anything that, that you and your wife, when you're working through these words, anything that uh, uh, caught you off guard or was super interesting as you're doing this translation, like specific words or anything like that that was just interesting or neat to you or, or difficult? Um, sure. How many hours do we have? Oh, well, we've got... 20 minutes or so (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah yeah i'll 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 share a couple (laughs) no Uh, yeah that would be great i'm i'm super interested well well you know i i say that with with uh uh some kind of a joke but uh you know people that, that that pray for us that's the second thing they ask you know, we love you guys. We're praying for you. Now, do you have any nuggets for us? That's that's the next question. <laughs> sure. So, well, like for so instance, you, here I'll give you something before before sure. you get going. It's really yeah. cool for me. So, I I was raised reading the King James Bible, which which most not a lot of kids in America are. So when I got to high school and read Shakespeare, it wasn't that hard. I mean, I already knew what the and thou meant. It wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but sure. we don't have, you know, the and thou and ye and you, we don't have in ink modern English today. We don't have the distinction between plural you and singular you, um, yes. in the South y'all do, but yep. you know, yep. colloquially, that's yep. the only thing in Hungarian. We do have that. Uh, we have plural and singular you. And so when I'm reading it's it, dude, I, I, I geek out because I'll compare my old Hungarian with my old KJV where there's times where it's like ye and you, which is plural. And you go over to the Hungarian. It's like, oh, it's it's the plural one. It's like, OK, I, I don't know. It's just yeah. really cool to yeah. me. And, and I wouldn't have yeah. ever even known that until I started learning a, another language. Anyway. OK, floor right. is yours. Go ahead. Thank you. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I've been preaching since. Uh, I got saved in 93, practically 93, 94. Mm-hmm. I started preaching. So I was born in 91, the by the way. So, oh, <laughs> there you yeah. go. Thank you. It was a good. <laughs> 90s were a cool time. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it just shows how old I am. But anyway, uh, uh, and so, but I, I was 17 when I got saved. So, that, yeah, it's not you too know. Bad. <laughs> and, and anyway, uh, so I, I, I'm, I say that because I'm not new to the scriptures. That's, right. what, that's what I'm saying. Right. I'm not new to studying the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? However, this has been a totally different experience when it comes to revelation mm-hmm. and the things that you see that you had never seen before because of the way we're, we're doing the, the, the work. So I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. So, you know, the, the, the words worker, laborer, and workman. Uh, these words, yeah. So okay. these words, in in Albanian, it's like the same word. I, I guess even yeah. in English, yeah, they be the same word, are, right? Yeah. If you work, you're a workman. You're doing labor. Yeah, you yeah, know, you're a laborer. You're a, worker. you're a workman. Yeah. What, what's what's the difference? Uh, well, uh, uh, Oxford and uh, um, Webster's won't be much of a help. Their definitions <laughs> just somebody that does synonyms, work, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, well. You look them up in the in the King James. You see that the workers is used ninety nine percent of the times is workers of iniquity, ninety nine percent of the of reference, and it's yeah, or evil evil workers. But mm. but ninety nine percent is 
workers of iniquity. Wow. Only one time is positive. It's workers together with, with God. Hmm. That just shows you that our, our works are not good enough for anything. That's, and that's, that's where the, the doctrine matters in the translation. Uh, yeah, that, uh. that's not how we approach God, not by our, yeah. our works. Amen. The word laborer is used only in the New Testament, and it's only used 100% of the time in context with the gospel. You're either in the field as a laborer or you're a core laborer mm. with with uh, with Christ. Paul, you know, one oh, of oh. his uh, uh, a fellow laborer with, with Paul, you know, mm -hmm. but for the gospel. So 100% of the context of a laborer is somebody who labors for the gospel. Wow. The word, the word workman is the word that's used 100% for somebody who is skilled at something. So it's mostly used in the Old Testament, people that work in the tabernacle or the temple or, or they make images or whatever, but they're using their skills, their highly specialized skills to work for the Lord. Hmm. And then in the New Testament, well, you know, 2 Timothy 2.15, so you show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not but, to be ashamed. Not to be ashamed. Yeah. Rather dividing the word of truth. So God's, God's, uh, he's making a distinction between a worker, a laborer, and a workman. Wow. A workman is the standard that God has for every Christian. Every Christian should be a laborer, but not every Christian is a workman because you're not a skilled laborer or a workman unless you know how to study the word and rightly divide the word. Mm. Everyone is called to be a laborer and a workman, but not every Christian is a workman. If you're just... If if you're happy with just sharing the gospel, you're a laborer, mm. but you're not a work a workman. A workman is a skilled laborer, mm. and God's call for Christians well, is I'm, to be. I'm going to write work, down. Workman. I'm going to write this down quick because that's a three point sermon if I've ever heard one before. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, well, and just the, the laborer is going to be is going to match up with the picture of the ox and the Christian laborer because I mean an ox yes. isn't a yes. skilled animal, but it's just a laborer. Right. You're just plowing the exactly. field. I don't know. Would there yes. be would there be a parallel with the for an animal anyway, um, with the workman? But well, I'm I'm talking I'm talking about these three words mm -hmm. because it's very tempting to translate them the same way. Sure, it's it's tempting to translate them the same way for two reasons. One, because the English dictionaries tell you it's the same thing. There's not really much of a difference. And and third, because in the Greek, all these three words are the same word. It's oh, wow. G2040. Yes, the word argates, hmm. uh, which means laborer or mm -hmm. workman, depending on, on the context. Yeah. So, so the King James translators made a difference in how they translate these words based on either based on the context because they were they were super intuitive, mm -hmm. or God had something to do with this. <laughs> or <laughs> and God he is inspired involved them. in the yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's, that's my point. Scripture. Yeah. That, Amen. That's my point. Wow. Because people always say, well, if you're going to from Greek to another language, you're going to lose a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. But they never consider the fact that you may gain mm -hmm. some things. That, Here's well, that's distinction. only if preservation is a doctrine just as much as inspiration it, it, is. Exactly. Right? Yeah, here's, yeah. here's an example where you don't get that disti distinction in the Greek. Yeah. But you, you, you do get it in the King James wow. with a very clear definition of how these words are defined by God himself. Mm -hmm. That's why I mentioned before that, yes, you can look up Webster's, you can look up other dictionaries, but that does not mean that that should be your primary source of defining a right. word. Because, because here are three words that are very similar and the, and the English, uh, including Webster's, will give you very uh, close definitions, mm -hmm. but they, they do not have the doctrinal uh, understanding and, and revelation that the Bible mm. has when it defines these words in the way that it uses them. Right. Well, because in just normal English language, those words could be considered synonyms, and that would be completely fine and yes. probably yes. grammatically correct. But when you, yes. like you said, when you start tracking them through God's word, God uses them in a pattern. And that's how we can use the different rules of Bible study, like the, the law of first mention. How is God yes. going to use this? Not maybe not even the definition, but the connotation or the context that God's exactly. going to use that. Exactly. Oh man, that's cool. You got exactly. any more of that? That was awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so the word uh, coat or coats, okay, is used is used uh, for Adam 
it's used for Joseph. Coats of skins. It's used for, yes, coats for of skins. Is, it's, that's the first mention, yes. Mm -hmm. Where God made some coats of skins, right? Okay. He, he covers them uh, from their nakedness mm -hmm. and the shame of, of their nakedness because of their sin. It's used with Joseph because their their God, uh, his father gave him a coat of many uh -huh. colors, but but his um, brothers trenched that in in blood. Mm -hmm. It's used for uh, Aaron and his sons. Uh, it's used for Samuel, and then it's used for Christ. Those are the people that use the coat. Oh, interesting. And and it's always connected with an atonement. Wow. It's connected with blood. Hmm. His his coat was drenched in blood. It says about about Joseph. Mm -hmm. Now you have also the word vesture, which is a word that first time it appears, it appears. Uh, in Genesis, talking about Joseph, he was clothed with a vesture when he sat at the right hand of Pharaoh as, mm -hmm. as uh, uh, the second in command, leading Egypt. And it's used in the Revela in Revelations when Christ comes back, he talks about his vesture being dipped in, in, in right, blood because right. of judgment oh, where, where when he comes. But then it's used in the Gospels in when it talks about Christ, and uh, it, uh, I don't, I don't have the reference in front of me, but it's in Luke for sure, mm -hmm. and John, and it quotes the the uh, Old Testament uh, prophecy about Christ on the cross and what they would do with with Part, his parting coat, his yes, or vesture. Yeah, yeah, but it uses okay, it uses the word coat and vesture. It uses the word raiment as okay. well. But these two words, the coat and the vesture, the only time they meet together as, as two different words are at the cross. Are at the cross. Wow, that's cool. So at the cross, you have the coat, which signifies redemption, trenched in the blood. And judgment. And then you have judgment, the king coming. And you know what they're all, the superscription mm -hmm. on his head was the king of the Jews. Yeah. Right? So you have the king there being both the atonement for our sins mm -hmm. and also the king of the Jews and eventually the king mm -hmm. of all the kingdoms when he returns. So the only time those two words meet together mm -hmm. in the same context, in the same verse, is at the cross wow. with, with Christ. In the different gospels. So Exactly. So mm -hmm. you have a, a picture of the blood, atonement, Christ's sacrifice for us, but also his coming as a king and the judgment of the world when he returns, he will not return hmm. to be sacrificed again, but he will return as, as a king and his vesture, not coat, his vesture will be uh, trenched in blood because of the mm -hmm. judgment that this world experienced at, at, at his coming. Wow, that's so, awesome. So just, just by studying similar words, mm -hmm. You know, you see that they carry doctrinal meaning in the way they're they're used throughout throughout yeah. the scripture. Man, that's awesome. I well, and you know, when you get younger guys who are just learning or going through Bible college or discipleship, and they're like, "Man, how do you how do you study a message? How do you preach a message? How how do you study out a passage?" And it's like, listen, man, there's it's n there's not a lot of secret sauce. You just start yes. You just start running words, and you start seeing how yes. God uses them. And I think exactly. it's amazing that you can just pick one word and just run it through the scripture. You just gave us two yes. sermon uh, thrusts. I mean, you could write two sermons yeah. just from those, those things. Man, that, that's really cool Absolutely. to hear. Arion, yeah. uh, man, we could keep talking for hours about this, but I, I think this has been great up to this point. Um, you are, I, I keep saying about a year in, but that's not true because you started translating last September. You're not a full year in yet. Yes. Um, yes. And, and yet at the recording of this, which was in mid-May, um, you had almost 40% of the words done. So you guys are on, on target for hitting that three and a half year goal, which would, uh, what's three and a half years from September of 20, what was that, 2021? So 2024 plus six months. So sp spring of 2025, is that... That's the goal at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, hey, we'll have to, uh, in another year, get another update from you, see how you guys are doing. Sure. That'd be great. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll be praying for you guys for sure and uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, should the Lord tarry, 
getting this uh, translation into the hands of Albanian people. Amen. Thank you. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, Arion is such a joy to listen to, and honestly, I, I could have talked to him for another hour or two just hearing those different stories about running the words. Arion, if you've listened to the ep- the first episode in season two, or if you've heard him anywhere else, I think he also did an episode on Theology Roundtable podcast if you want to check that out. Um, he's just such a smart guy. He He's very humble, um, but his English, he and his wife, both their English is is just off the charts of how well they speak. And they, I mean, they're beyond advanced speakers. Um, and not only that, but Arion is one of my favorite Bible teachers and preachers that I know. Uh, anytime I can catch him uh, preaching or teaching the word, I, I want to be there and I want to hear it um, because he's just so he's so smart. He's so gifted and he's just a, a God filled man. And I know you guys uh, could tell that. So, um, man, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it was edifying and encouraging for you. Um, make sure that you follow them on Facebook or something, social media, just so that you can see, uh, the progress that they're making and, uh, make sure that you're praying for them as well. They're in Albania at the moment. Um, like you said, consulting with the other pastors over words, visiting friends and family. And, uh, and I, I didn't ask him this, but I, I imagine at the end of the summer or, uh, beginning of the fall, they'll be back in America again, uh, continuing the work. So please be praying for them. They are doing a very important and difficult endeavor that they do not take lightly. Um, but it's God's work, uh, of preservation and, uh, translating the scripture so that the people of Albania can have a faithful translation in their language. Uh, praise God for that. Thank you guys so much for joining. We will see you back here. Same time, same place next week for more missionary Roundtable. God bless. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe and share us on social media. Also, please make sure to check out our other podcast, Theology Roundtable, at theologyroundtable.com.